Hey, hey, snack providers and butt wipers. Welcome to the Are We Bad Parents podcast. I'm one of your co-hosts, Kristen. I'm your other co-host, Tim. And this is the podcast where we attempt to answer the question that we continually ask ourselves throughout the week. Are we bad parents? I don't know. We're going to find out. We are going to find out. Welcome to our first episode. Welcome to the first episode. Yeah. It's a big deal. Thanks for everybody who's listening. Yeah, Mom, real. dad. My mom. My dad. Other moms and dads, hopefully. <laughs> exactly. Not yeah. to start around. So, uh, normally, we'd start off each episode with talking about things that we've been thinking about throughout the week. Mm-hmm. But as this is our first episode, we thought it would be good to give introductions to who we are. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, Kristen, who are you? I don't know, man. And... Uh, it's going to be a problem. Yeah. Because uh, <laughs> you have to tell everyone. All right. I mean, I can give you some basic facts. So, um, facts. facts. So, who, who am I? Who am I? I am Kristen. I, as you know, I'm a co-host of this podcast. And you're a Gemini. I am a Gemini. And you're a Gemini. It's cr- Why is that suddenly important? I don't know. People usually like introduce themselves with their astrological sign. Like that's, I think that's like a trope. Or, that's like, true. Let me start okay. over. I'm Kristen. I'm a Gemini, and I like cheese. And you have Gemini energy. I do have Gemini energy, but that does not mean that I'm non-committal or wishy-washy. Although sometimes you're non-committal and wishy-washy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really not committing to telling you about myself. Yeah, you're right being now. very non-committal to this introduction. All right, why don't you ask that me? you said before we started recording that you had an idea what you were gonna say. <laughs> all right, all right. Why don't you? Do you want to ask you again? Ask me again, just in case we need to cut all this out. <laughs> Kristen, who are you? Uh, it's a good question. I, I'm Kristen. I with an A. With an A. I am Kristen with an A. And as Tim pointed out, potentially in a previous take that you're not listening to, I'm a Gemini, <laughs> and I guess that matters. Um, I am a mom, obviously, because I'm contributing to the Are We Bad Parents podcast. Well, and because I saw you give birth. You did. How was that? Uh, it was interesting. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I wasn't prepared to talk about it. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> All right, we'll move on. We'll, move we'll on. talk. We'll cover this later. Uh, I'm a mom. Tim. Tim can attest that I'm a mother. Uh-huh. He saw it happen yeah. um, <laughs> and made it happen. Yeah, you were there when it happened. <laughs> anyway, um, I'm the mom to an extremely spirited, wonderful, adventurous toddler. Um, I'm a working mom, and by that I mean that I have a full-time paid day job because all moms work, um, no matter what you're doing in the home, outside the home. Just some moms get paid for it. Some, some moms, moms get don't. paid for it. Some moms don't. We can come back to that later. But I am a copywriter by day, mm-hmm. and when I'm not copywriting or being a mom, I am a digital creator. I run the Instagram page Finding Me as Mom, where I talk about mental health and um, the process of rediscovering yourself in motherhood because... As anyone who's been a mom knows, you kind of lose yourself a little bit. Even if you swear to yourself, you're not going to do that. I did. I did. So I created this page to kind of help other moms feel less alone in that journey. And I make a lot of jokes. Yeah, you do. You're do. funny. I'm pretty damn funny. Well, well, we'll see if everyone else thinks so. <laughs> I think um, you're funny. Also, are we cussing in this podcast? Because I just cussed a little. You have to make the decision. Why me? We can always bleep it out. I'm pretty bleep funny. Okay. Yep, that's the first joke. That's the first joke I want All on right, record. Not a good one. <laughs> All right, let, that's enough about me. I think, right? Is there anything that I, I missed? could? I could never stop listening. To oh you wait, talk. I actually have some credentials. I could always listen to you talk. 
Sure. I actually have some credentials beyond the fact that I'm a mom and a copywriter. Um, you do. I am ABD in educational leadership. That means that I've done a PhD program up until the point where I was supposed to write a dissertation um, on. And then you had a child. Then I had a child, and that is a big part of why I've not written a dissertation. There's many right. other parts to that. Right. But the big one is that I had a kid, um, so I got to experience ed leadership in real time, and I researched trauma and trauma informed education and. Um, very much in the informal sense of the term. So a lot of times I tell people that I am in an ed leadership program and they assume that I want to be like a principal or a superintendent, but that's, that's not what I do. Um, I research like the more informal side of the way that we interact with each other in the world and the way that kids interact with other kids. Yeah, that's, that sounds right. Yep. Okay. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. Um, you right. did, you did a good job of describing who you are. I approve. Okay, great. Because yeah. um, we all know that's that's well. You approval. need you need someone else to tell you who you are. You know, it's true. I think <laughs> as you grab your wine <laughs> fancifully. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's. What also is it also is true. Like that's a leading theory. Hey everyone, Tim popping in here just to add some context. This is in reference to George Herbert Mead's theory of the self, which basically just says that we develop who we are and our sense of identity through interactions with other people. Okay, back to the show. Well, it's difficult. You're, you're too close to yourself. It's difficult. It's difficult. Blue fans know. It's okay, you can't just like... like <laughs> I'm going to do it every time. But here, it's, it's true because you know how like if you're too close to a project, you can't really see... First of all, you can't you can't see like the good things about it as well. Right. You also can't really see you know some of the bad things about it. It's just hard because you're too close to the project. It's it's like that with yourself. You're too close to the project. I'm too close to me. I'm looking at you skeptically, just so the audience knows, because I'm not sure I fully dis- fully agree. But I don't think I fully disagree. I just think that my perspective on it's different. Do you want to dive into that now, or do you want to introduce yourself? I feel like I could do both at the same time <laughs> because people will then understand why the hell I'm thinking so deeply about this All issue. Right. So we are we are cussing in this podcast then. Right. Is hella is hella cuss? Is hella double hockey sticks? Is hella cuss? Is hella swear? Um, nah. All right. All right. Introduce yourself. Hi, I'm Tim. Hi, Tim. With an I. <laughs> uh, Team. <laughs> There is no I in team, which is why I'm Tim. All right, good. I thought that was clever. It was pretty clever. Although it was really lame. Anyways, um, I uh, am a father uh, to our child, the rambunctious toddler, Mm -hmm. um, who engages in risky play all the time and probably gives you a heart attack. She does. And that is due to me, who... Uh, encouragers her to do risky play all the time. I, I want to clarify that I don't not encourage her. You're just better at encouraging her than I am. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't say better is the term that uh, that's a very uh, qualitative term. And depending on how you look at it, I could be worse at it. <laughs> that's uh, true. I could go too far sometimes, but she's never gotten hurt. You let her do a lot more than I do. Yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah. Uh, but anyways. I am an educational philosopher. Mm -hmm. Um, I study the philosophy and history of education. And I also, in that research, study a lot about parenting and the philosophy of parenting and how that interacts with education and uh, other systems in the world. So the economy, 
school systems, politics. So I get into all that uh, really, really fun stuff for me, but probably not so fun stuff for everybody else. Yeah, but you're also funny. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think I think I'm funny. Now you have to make a joke. No, that's not. <laughs> that's not. I'm that's kidding. not how that works. Okay. I'm not a. I'm not like a trained like circus animal that you can just be like dance. Although I'm pretty sure I would do that, like dance if you told me to. You would. Yeah. Yeah. Um, We're gonna cut that out. <laughs> yeah, we should. Um, all right. So you're Tim. You're an educational philosopher. You're a father. You're funny. Anything else we should know about you? Again, I don't think we should self-label ourselves as funny. No, we should potentially cut out all talk of us being funny. Yeah, because then people like will expect us to be funny. Yeah. And then... You, like, do, you gotta under-promise and over-deliver. Yeah, like we're bland as all get out. <laughs> we're like, so bland. Like we're, we're the white woman's chicken salad of podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say that we were the communion crackers of podcasts. There's nothing holy about us. <laughs> Honestly, communion crackers are tasty. Yeah, it's the it's that snack that you get a midway through the service. Yeah. Then uh, it also lets you know that it's about to be done. I'm Catholic. I can make this joke. I don't know why you're making jokes well, about Catholicism. And well, no, no, okay. So do I not call it communion? I was raised Baptist. We mm-hmm. also take the Lord's supper. No. I, we're digressing. This is too far. <laughs> yeah. We don't want to get into religion in our first podcast. I have a question. Should we redo our introductions? <laughs> I don't think so. Okay. We're just going to power through this. All right. All right. So but anyways, we also... so We should move on to a different We should segment, move on. Right? <laughs> so, a main part of this podcast is us just talking about the decisions we make as parents, right? The other part being answering questions that mm-hmm. people send in which if you have a question feel free to reach out to us at are we bad parents pod at gmail.com yes again, um, are we bad parents pod pod at gmail.com yeah, because if you leave off the pod you're going to yeah. send your question to somebody else who we don't know who has that email and what uh, they're going to tell you they could give we you terrible tried advice to get it and it wasn't available it's true yeah anyways uh but i bet they give the, terrible advice well, <laughs> Probably. They're probably bad parents. <laughs> I don't want to say. We don't know them. We don't. Uh, um, anyways. But anyways. This week, our daughter started daycare full time. Yeah. Yeah. And, That's uh, a hell of a parenting decision. Mm-hmm. So for everyone uh, out there who's listening, mom, dad. My mom. My dad. Uh, anyways. <laughs> uh, Fia started daycare full time this week. And we say full time because she was in daycare. Part time. Part time. Before then, um, and yeah, we've that was an interesting decision for us. It was. Um, it was not made lightly. No, although and it was kind of made forcefully. Yeah. Like we were kind of like put into a bind where we didn't have an option, like a lot of people. Yeah, I was. I think that's actually the norm. And and something that I want to acknowledge is that we kept our daughter out of full time daycare. Um, for the first 17 months of her life, yeah, basically. Yeah, year and a half, which is a feat in of itself. Exactly. And relies on a lot of privilege. A hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I want to be really careful as we discuss this parenting decision that we don't make anybody feel, like, ashamed of their decision. There's really just... There's no right way. There's no wrong way. You have to... Well, there is a wrong way. 
true. You could just neglect your child, I guess. Right. There's always the there all, there's always a wrong way. Yeah, but what I mean is that when it comes to, you know, are you going to stay at home? Is there going to be a stay-at-home parent? Is the child going to go to daycare? How often is the child going to go to daycare? Is there family to watch the child? Like, what kind of daycare? Like, those decisions are so difficult. And actually, when I, right. I posted on my Instagram about um, her starting full-time childcare, and I had several people message me just to talk about how difficult a similar decision had been for them. Right. Yeah. Um, how are you feeling about it? Because you, for, for context, Tim Tim was the stay-at-home yeah. parent. I was unemployed, which is why we were able to, to keep have... her out for so long. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but we could only, we could only like, live off of one income, uh, off of my so income long. for so long. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I even, I mentioned today that, like, we would go to lunch every week. Mm-hmm. It was generally a fast food restaurant with a play area yeah but we would do that and i mentioned to you today like i'm going to miss that part mm-hmm. um about it and i want to be intentional about like taking time and taking her out of daycare for lunch for the lunch hour sometimes to mm-hmm. to do that to like go and have lunch with her because it was a really nice time to connect and like, she's just not going to be around as often mm-hmm. um because we have to work full-time jobs yeah we're not at a point in our careers that we can sustain a family off of a singular income and save so i mean there's a lot of there's a lot that goes into that again like a lot of privilege that surrounds that and being able to make that decision but we have an ability to do that to do that and that was a decision that we made yeah and i i think i mean just to be transparent because we're here to help other people Part of the reason we made this decision is because we want to have at least one more child. And as of right now, we would not be able to afford to do that on just my income. So it's... We can't afford a lot of things just on your income. I mean, and here's the thing. I, yeah. I also want to like really qualify that what is affordable, what you can afford to do, what you cannot afford to do is subjective, right? Right. There are people that raise whole families on less income than I have, um, or less income than we have. So it's very subjective, but what I would really love to talk about is the trade-offs because I think we're already seeing some benefits as well, but I think we have to take a quick break first. Yeah. So let's take a quick break and then let's come back and talk about those trade-offs. Perfect. All right. Welcome back. We poured more wine and I cleared my throat and now we're going to talk about trade-offs. Yeah. All right. Anyway, before the break, Mm -hmm. we... (laughs) I don't like know what you were doing with that. <laughs> I don't know either. Before the break, we were talking about the difficult decision we made to put our daughter. I, well, we said difficult decision, but also kind of like the decision. Like there was no. Well, yeah, other, we really had no other option. Yeah, there was no really other option. Well, I mean, let's be clear. We had other options. Mm-hmm. We could have decided that we didn't want any more children, mm-hmm. and we could have decided that. Um, one of us was going to be a full-time stay-at-home parent, and we could have decided that we were going to cut back on a lot of expenses, and we could have decided that we were going to like live very frugally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we could have we could have made it work. This is true. This is very true. This um, is true. There's always trade-offs, right? Which brings right. us to kind of like, okay, what are the benefits? You know, um, and I, I, the reason I wanted to talk about benefits, the reason I wanted to talk about benefits, is because. I think for a lot of parents, um, I was going to say moms, but I, I would guess it's probably moms and dads. There's a sense of guilt about having your child um, in a child in full time child care. Yeah. I th- so I, th- I think you're right to say that for all, like all parents inclusively, mm-hmm. that is. But I do think you could say like 
there's generally more guilt associated with moms in this scenario because you got to think about it like historically Mm -hmm. dads were not always around like the traveling salesman father is a good trope right like in scrubs his dad was a father his jd's dad was a traveling salesman yeah that's a deep cut that is a deep cut yeah um if i can yeah so like if i can tell you about a thought that i had earlier this week um i basically was this is the first day that she was in full-time childcare, and i was just I, I came home um from my workout so i worked out before work and i came home and normally on mondays when i do that she's here and with you and it's, mm-hmm. it's sort of chaos because I walk in the door and... Well, one, she is chaos. She is she chaos is embodied. Embodied, yeah. And so, yeah. you know, I walk in the door and I have a very limited amount of time to, like, eat breakfast, get my coffee together, and, like, start working for the day. Mm-hmm. And uh, my daughter doesn't know that. <laughs> so she's just immediately like, mama, mama. And, of course, I want to spend that time with her. And so I end up, like, not really showering, not getting ready, which I work from home. So I have kind of, like, that privilege to, like, be stinky, I guess. Um, and, uh, and stinky you are sometimes. And stinky I am. And, um, you know, kind of tend to her. And then I start trying to juggle work and there's a lot of background noise. And on Monday it was just quiet. And I hated it. Like I wanted. It was odd. Yeah. Yeah. I really wanted to enjoy it. I wanted to be like, you know what, Kristen, you were able to, to come back from this workout, take a shower, sit down, eat breakfast, not have a toddler reach for the breakfast. And yeah, you were able to eat your whole breakfast. I was able to eat my whole breakfast because my toddler No loves, toddler hands intruded. Yes, she loves to eat from my plate. And Not I, from my plate randomly. It's, yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what's up with that. But she... I don't know. There's probably some odd psychology around, like, breastfeeding. And maybe. I don't know. This is... That's a bad take. <laughs> Let it go on record that Tim just made a bad take. I don't know. We can research this later. We'll insert some research later. Someone should do some good research on this. Yeah. But anyway. One random occurrence. (laughs) Well, I think it's a thing. So actually I had a coworker tell me that her youngest went through a phase, or maybe it was her oldest, one of her children, went through a phase where they would only eat off of her plate. Mm. And uh, that was how they got her. And I, I feel, I fear that our daughter is going that same direction where like, if it's not my food, she doesn't want it. But anyway, so with all that being said, you would think that I would, like, enjoy eating my eggs without, like, grimy toddler hands. But I really just, I missed her so much. It was so quiet. I didn't like it. And I had this thought, which is what I originally was talking about here. I had this thought that, where I was just like, I can't believe that I had this baby Mm -hmm. less than 18 months ago. She lived within my womb. For 10 months. And then she was attached to me. And I did. I nursed her. And Uh. and she was a part of me. And it hasn't even been two years. And I have to send her to daycare every day. And I I so hope that this is not, like, upsetting or triggering for the moms that are listening to this. But I know that it's it's probably pretty relatable. And so I I definitely had that sense of guilt. But I, I have to say. Yeah. We're not very far into this at all, and I'm already seeing some benefits. Yeah. I'm already feeling confident that we made a good decision. She's also, like, psyched to hang out with us when she gets home. She is psyched, and she loves her daycare friends. She does. She does. She, like, says she, like, their like, names. Oh, gosh. And she loves her teacher. 
Um, she's learning a whole lot. Yeah, she is. Well, which is which is something that I wanted to bring up real quick. Mm-hmm. So, I, I mean, one big part of education generally mm-hmm. is preparation for life. So, you know, any any thing that we do in education, anything that has educative benefit should be in some ways preparing you for life. Mm-hmm. And daycare in a lot of ways jumpstarts the social aspect for that. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that people who stay home, toddler or children who stay at home mm-hmm. full time and, and parents who have the ability to stay at home and, and care for their children are stunting that mm-hmm. because I don't think that's true at all. Mm-hmm. But there is something to be said about she is getting that experience of being in a social environment really early in her life. Mm-hmm. And I've heard other people talk about the positive externalities of that when it comes to transitioning to school. Yeah. So she'll be able to, when she transitions into preschool or formal schooling, she'll be able to do the things that schooling requires of children. Whether or not those things are good or bad, she'll be able to do them. She'll be able to kind of sit into a chair, sit in a chair and listen. Mm-hmm. She'll be able to get along well with other kids. She'll be able to do all these things. And part of that is through her experience in daycare. Now there's other ways to have that learning occur. Mm-hmm. If your child's not in daycare, I mean, you can uh, join parenting groups. Mm-hmm. You can take them to the park all the time, which, I mean, we try to do anyways, even mm-hmm. though she is in daycare. Can't right now because it gets dark at 5 o'clock. No. But, you know, there's there's things that can happen, but daycare definitely really helps facilitate that. Yeah. And I think for a lot of parents, whether or not you're thinking about that in terms of your decision to send your child to daycare or not, it is still a benefit that that you're getting. Yeah, yeah. Actually, I had um, this was this was probably a year ago, and I was talking to my academic advisor about how much I was. Sorry, our cat is about to knock over a bottle of wine. Can you move him? He is a stealthy, stealthy boy. Yeah. And he got around it. All right, good for him. Anyway, my academic. Our cat's name is Gary, by the way. Everyone finds that amusing when we tell them. Yeah. Um, it's just not really a cat name, but it's perfect. For well, them. it's funny because people are always like Gary the snail, and I have to be like, no, I. Gary learned- the academic building. <laughs> Gary, no, no, it was a, it was a dorm building dorm. at the university Gary that uh, we both attended undergraduate. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Before, uh, and it was a, uh, yeah, it was an, it was a dorm building that I lived in. Uh, twice. Yeah. Freshman year, and then I was a resident assistant. All right. Well, we're going to cut some of that out. <laughs> no, people need to know that I was a resident assistant. Oh, okay. That I mean, does explain a lot about you, so. Um, I don't, I think that's an insult. <laughs> it's something. Anyway, uh, <laughs> moving on. Uh, so, we can wax away in about this decision of, of daycare all day long. We can. I want to say one more thing. Okay. Because I'll if, allow it. Because I, I think we need to like bring it to a close. Because if I was talking to myself, like I would talk to a friend. And I've heard you talk to yourself often. If I wanted the people that are listening to take something away from us waxing and waning about our daycare decision, it's that with the exception of out, outlying circumstances, so instances of neglect... You know, instances where people truly are bad parents. Right. Surely no one listening to this podcast. Except for in those instances, you can't mess up. I I think we Absolutely spend not. Yeah. I think we spend so much time 
agonizing. Agonizing and and asking ourselves, did I mess up? Did I mess up? And then... Am I a bad parent? Am I a bad parent? And then we take that a step further and we start thinking about, oh, well, I did mess up. I messed up because of this. And then I, it's really easy to think about all the negatives. You know, she's not here during the day. And like, you know, I think about, I start calculating the number of hours that I spend with her every day. Mm-hmm. And if I really want to beat myself up, I'll multiply that by five and figure out how much time I spend with her on during a work week. And that it's torture. No. And I, I think the thing that I want myself and everyone else to take away is that you cannot mess up. If you were staying home with your children, they are benefiting from that. If you were sending your stu- your your students, if you were sending your children <laughs> to a daycare or to a family member, they are learning something from that, and they're and they're benefiting from that as right. well. And at the end of the day, they know who you are. They know that you're mom and dad. Absolutely. Oh my god, they, she loves it when we kind of pick her up. Yeah, I mean, yeah. honestly, she loves. She is way more interested in us now than yeah. she was before we kinda. took her to daycare. Kind of. Yeah, I mean, she's yeah. just... She kind of, she got like, fed up with us. Like, she she's like, so... oh my gosh, you two again? <laughs> no, I think she knew space was too. The other thing that mm. I carry with me, because again, there's trade-offs for everything, right? I think about how our second child will exist because we made this decision. And, yeah. you know... There are a lot of different arguments you get into about like, well, is that the best thing for us? Yes. We want that second child. That second child will exist because we made well, this and I think, And I think not only for us, but for our daughter as well. Um, yeah, absolutely. So we're going to take another quick break and then we're going to come back with a question. Welcome back. All right. Yeah. Welcome back. So we haven't received any questions to our email. Uh, are we bad parents pod at gmail.com. Submit your questions. It is because we haven't solicited any yet, but we're soliciting them now. Yeah, we're soliciting <laughs> them now. But we also, you solicited questions via your uh, very popular Instagram. <laughs> um, it's That's very kind of you. And also untrue. But <laughs> it's a very kind lie that you've made. Uh, but... We'll tell you all right now, it is very popular, and you should be following it. You should be following it. Um, popularity is not always necessarily a measure of quality. Wow. Have you ever been to a high school? <laughs> the best people were popular The people. best people were popular. The funniest people, for sure. The funniest, the coolest. Yeah, we're... Uh, the kids that I was never in class with. Hey. Uh... Our daughter is making noise. One moment. She's writhing in her crib. So we're back again because we had a sleeping child that re- that decided not to be a sleeping child momentarily. Yeah, we uh, we're back from our mini break. So what we were saying about my popular po- very popular Instagram finding me as mom finding underscore me underscore as underscore mom, which in retrospect seems like a mistake now, but that's okay. I, I, I'm a huge fan of underscores. Oh, okay. As someone who's also worked in data, uh, underscores are very helpful. And because you can actually read it easier. Yeah. Anyway, um, on Finding Me as Mom, we have discussions a lot, and I solicit questions from people quite a bit just because, mm. you know, we talk about stuff. Yeah. So I wanted to go back to a question that was submitted there, and it's been a while since we discussed this question. Um... How often do you cry, Kristen? I just love it. I loved this question when it came through. I appreciated it so much because, Tim, let me tell you, I cry 
often. Yeah, I know. You don't have to tell me. I cry. Listeners, let me tell you, I cry so much. I it's just who I am. It's just You're a crier. I am a crier. I'm a private crier. It's funny because I You are, you are a private crier. Yeah. I tell people that I cry a lot and they're like, really? Because I don't cry in front of my friends. I try not to cry in front of my family. I cry in front of you sometimes. But quite often I just just do it by myself. <laughs> I I don't want to get into whether or not it's healthy, but also Maybe not the healthiest. Okay, so I mean, I think an important disclaimer is that I don't always cry because I'm sad. Um, I moved. I don't think anyone always cries because they're sad. True, but part of the reason why I cry with such frequency mm-hmm. is because I am moved to tears very easily mm-hmm. by things that make me feel joyful or, you know, emotional and like a, in a good sense. I, I think crying's got a bad rap because it's so cathartic. I did a little shimmy. Yeah, you did. (laughs) It was an interesting shimmy. It's just a cry and shimmy. Yeah. No, but I think think crying gets a bad rap because I think it is associated with sadness a lot. Mm -hmm. And for children, I think that is the main association, Mm -hmm. right? Like when you're scared, you cry. Like when you're upset, you cry. Like Mm -hmm. the first instinct when you're young is to cry at things that are Well, that's scary. the only way that infants can communicate with us, is to cry. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's... that's well, I mean, that's a different type of crying. Yeah, they communicate their needs. Well, and toddlers cry over, like, everything. Spilled milk. Yeah. But something that's very interesting, yeah. um, somebody told me recently that there's an episode of Bluey where uh, Bingo sleeps in her own bed for the first time, and she kind of dreams about her mom, and she that she has like this space. I saw the first time. That's true. It's not the, it, but I know which episode you're talking about. Yeah, so the maybe one not the with first time. Um, it's uh, Jupiter. Isn't this a soundtrack? Yes. The yes. from the planets by a composer who other people know of that I can't think of right now. Yes. Hey everyone, it's Kristen with a quick interruption. The composer in question is Gustav Holst. He composed the orchestral piece, The Planets, which gets used in Bluey, season two, episode 26. The episode's name is Sleepy Time, and it's absolutely beautiful. If you want to learn more about the episode Sleepy Time, you can listen to one of our favorite podcasts, Gotta Be Done. All right, back to the podcast. So in this in this, this beautiful episode, Bingo has this dream where she gets separated from the sun and all of the and she's cold and she's sad and all of a sudden the sun comes to her and the, and the sun of course is her mom so the sun the sun comes to her and her mom says via the sun i'll always be here for you because i love you and somebody told me that their toddler like older toddler three mm-hmm. or four cried like tears of of movement you know of being moved by that episode yeah when she saw it like an emotional reaction yeah exactly um which i thought was really beautiful because we don't think about toddlers having happy tears or you know emotional like i just yeah that's what i'm saying crying is a bad rap yeah and it shouldn't um i do know how often do you cry I probably cry every other day. Yeah. Um, I almost said every day. But, and, and again, the thing is, is that it's not that I'm always, sometimes I cry because I'm sad. Yesterday I cried because I was sad. Um, we got some, like, really hateful comments on TikTok. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, we did about 
essay about yeah we can say it on the podcast can uh, yeah okay. um tim had made like a video that brought attention to sexual violence and sports and some of the comments that people had to say were really upsetting they're very ignorant and we've blocked a lot of them so yeah. we, we want to protect and to be clear them. like we're we're professional researchers at this point in time like we yeah. do our due diligence on research mm-hmm. yeah uh and other people don't don't but anyway i mean i cried because i was sad right yeah. but then like I don't know. To today, I was just like, and actually, this was. I think this was also yesterday. You know, I'm like in the car and I listen to a song that makes me feel something, and I'll like tear up a little bit. You know, um, sometimes I definitely have never cried to songs that make me feel emotional. That, that is, is not not something that Ed I do. Sheeran used to get to. Him. I routinely cry when yeah. listening to Ed Sheeran. <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know it's what it true. is. What it is well, about that we were soulful of, Irishman. Is he Irish or British? I'm not sure, but we were one of the many people that like had Ed Sheeran songs in our wedding, so I'm sure that's part yeah. of it. Um, you and Ed Sheeran. He's a good songwriter. He is. Yeah. Um, I feel like he is like the male British or Irish, because his verdict's still out on whether or not we know this, uh, Taylor Swift. I feel like they're comparable. I don't think I disagree with you. Heck yeah. Because I just threw that out of nowhere. I know. That was the theory that I came up with I, right now. I think we should let that sit and simmer and let people respond Yeah. To Do it. you agree that Ed Sheeran <laughs> is the male, either Irish or English, because we haven't had time to look it up yet? Uh, Taylor Swift. And I'm going to come back in here and insert uh, whether, whether or not, or not he's, Irish he's or right. Hey everyone, Tim here delivering on my promise to look this up and splice it in. If you said that Ed Sheeran was the Irish Taylor Swift, you would indeed be wrong because he was born in Halifax, West Yorkshire, England. Okay, back to the show. Yeah, I'd be really interested to see what people say. But I, I do want to like hone in on this question like a little bit more narrowly because I'm sure... Well, you've answered it. And I've kind true. of answered it. That's true. You should answer it first. But I know I know that this person specifically, she had more to her question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She wanted to know how often we cried because she felt like as a mom of two young children, she just needed a good cry often. Yeah. You know? Um, so, I, I mean, I, I think we should talk about it with a little bit more respect to, like, crying because you're overwhelmed. Crying because mm. parenting is hard. You know, crying because well, yeah, of your well, children. You know? Well, I'll say I, I don't often do that. Mm-hmm. Um, I am your standard millennial male, uh, where, who has been uh, socialized to uh, suppress emotions. True. Um, I think I'm getting better at it. You are. Um, but yeah, that was kind of my experience, and I think for a lot of young men growing up, uh, that was their experience that you had to suppress your emotions in that in that way, but. I cry a good bit. You're not... I'm, you've never been afraid to cry. I've never... Yeah, I've never been a, afraid to cry. Uh, I also... <laughs> the, I, the, I had to move the cat. I had to move the cat. Um, I, I also... Like, stoicism mm-hmm. as a philosophy. Um, I think it's a very practical philosophy. So if you don't know what stoicism is, the nuts and bolts of it is accepting what you can't change as reality and doing things only about what you can change. So, you know, your personal uh, attitudes and dispositions, your actions, those are the Mm -hmm. things that you need to focus on and let 
that affect you. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's very, it, it's very much a way of coming to life to accept it as as life comes to you, mm-hmm. and react um, accordingly in ways that you can. Yeah. Um, that's a very nuts and bolts version of it. That is um, not very developed. But anyways, so I don't I don't necessarily cry out of sadness a lot mm-hmm. um, because I generally try to come at sadness and like grief and stuff like that with a way of thinking about what that means for the way the world works. Um, and the world is just this odd place where people live and people die and things happen and it is sad and unfortunately there's not a lot we can do to change that. And it's kind of like depressing when you, when you put it like that, right? But I do often cry at things that remind me of deep emotions that remind me of like a connection that I feel to you mm-hmm. or a connection that I feel to our daughter. You cried the other day. What did I cry about? I just remembered this. Um, I cry often, so I'm not surprised. Yeah, but yeah. I I had asked my I had asked people who follow me on Instagram. Oh my god, yeah. If they could say anything to their partners mm-hmm. um, about household labor. Yeah. And they knew that their partners would take it to heart. What would they say? And then I compiled the responses in like a text post and I gave them to Tim to try to like, not because I was like, well, look at this. But like, I mean, Tim and, Tim and I can talk about this later, but we believe in the equal distribution of household labor. Um, yeah. But I gave it to him to proofread. <laughs> and so like, yeah. I gave it to him to be like, hey, does this look okay? Does this design look good? You know, like whatever. And reading their responses... I, I, yeah, I, I, I bawled almost. Yeah, and then well, it made me it was, cry. Yeah, but it was because, like, I had, like, I, like, felt so much of, of what these people had to say, like, what, what they submitted, and that it was, like, it was moving to me. Like, and I just, I just, again, like, in some sense, yes, I was saddened that people were feeling this way. Mm-hmm. And that was part of the emotion that I was feeling. But in another sense, like, it just, like, moved me in a way that like brought me to tears tears and like I felt that heavy emotion I wouldn't describe that emotion as sadness Mm -hmm. per se um but I would describe it as a feeling of connection and Mm -hmm. a feeling of like hope of want that you Some take, of these things that got submitted. Yeah. yeah, you take on, like, their sense of longing, almost. Like, there was yeah. grief in some of those responses. Right. And not all of them. There was gratitude in, in a couple. Um, right. But to... to I, I think, I mean, and at the risk of, like, sounding like I'm, like, tooting my own horn... There is, there's something like really, really special about being trusted with those responses in the first place, um, and about being yeah. like the person to compile them and uh, like and that. And the sense of vulnerability people were yeah. willing to show. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so I was already like very moved by that, and so maybe that played into it too for yeah. you. You know, like um, it is definitely a sense of connection. It's it's your community. You know, like we form mm-hmm. these communities and, and we care about 
we care about y'all and yeah um, to care yeah which is if i can now insert my <laughs> insert my professional degree mm-hmm. uh no noddings a mm-hmm. uh, famous feminist theorist mm-hmm. talks about the ethics of care mm-hmm. and you you said you know taking on people's care and pe- taking on people's concerns and their interests mm-hmm. as your own part of the, that is part of caring mm-hmm. and Often that is a emotional load to yeah. take on. Which brings us full circle. I'm making circles with my hands. Yeah, they're outrageous. <laughs> brings us full circle to like crying about parenthood um, and crying. You're crying like, because you're overwhelmed. Crying because you're overwhelmed. Yeah. But I also think that like it's it's not when I cry because I'm overwhelmed mm-hmm. by my daughter. Um, it is not like. There's just, like, this, like, subtle distinction. It's not that I'm crying because I want this to, like, not be my life. You know? Like, yeah. It's not that I'm crying because it's, like, oh, I've made this mistake and now I'm a parent. <laughs> like, instead, it's, like, I'm crying because I... There's a lot. I'm feeling so much. You know, yeah. in some sense, it's, like, the middle of the night cries. When I'm crying in the middle of the night because she's not sleeping and I'm overwhelmed with that... That has a tinge of, I wish this was not my life. It's not that I wish that she was not in my life. I just want it to be, I want the sleep deprivation to be over. Yeah. I wish that I could go to sleep. It is that simple. I think, I you think, know? yeah, I, I 100% relate to that. Because yeah. we've had the conversation before where like, be like, you're like in a mood. And I'm like, I promise you, I'm not in a mood. I'm just tired. Yeah. Like, I'm not like angry at you. I'm not the upset with you. Like, real. I'm just. I'm just tired. And I've also noticed that, like, in those moments, like, I will, I will cry. Like, Mm -hmm. not, like, full on, but I'll be, like, on the verge of tears Mm -hmm. and be, like, I just, like, I'm tired. I want to sleep. But it's, it is 10 a.m. in the morning. Yeah. And we have two more hours to nap time. And I've got to entertain this toddler Mm -hmm. for those two hours. And and I've got to feed her. Yeah. Within those. And now, as we've mentioned in the beginning of this podcast, she's now in daycare. So some of that is relieved and alleviated. Yeah. But, like, for full-time stay-at-home parents, Mm -hmm. most of whom are moms. Yeah. Like, that that exhaustion is real real yeah and it needs to be recognized a hundred percent yeah um we've both been a full-time stay-at-home parent since our daughter's been alive um and yeah that there is just nothing there's just nothing quite like that exhaustion um and the pressure like it is it is the hardest work that i've ever done yeah a hundred percent like it is it is the hardest hardest work like if you're one of those, if you're listening to this and you're like, there's no way being a stay-at-home parent is that hard. It is the hardest thing. And we've worked hard job. You yeah. you worked as an analyst. Yeah. I've also worked, worked customer service, which is arguably <sighs> harder than customer being an analyst. Yeah. But you've worked as an analyst for Walmart, which is demanding. very demanding. Yeah. We've worked in education, mm-hmm. in schools, which is very demanding mm-hmm. and very, very hard. Probably the second on the list here. Yeah. We've we've both worked in high-stress environments. And by far, mm-hmm. the hardest job, the hardest bit of labor mm-hmm. is taking care of a toddler. Yeah. Yeah. Or in my case, I was taking care of an infant. But I'll yeah, be honest, yeah. like, it was still exhausting and I think of parents who have like mm-hmm. multiple children and who like don't have people who have like two under two or like three under three or like, who like don't have like large support systems mm-hmm. you know um 
I know like, I don't know. It's, it's the exhaustion, it's the pressure, it's the, am I doing this right? Am I doing this wrong? I can't just sit down. I can't just take a nap. I can't eat a snack. Like, yeah. all I need is a snack, and I can't eat a snack. So if I try to eat a snack right now, my toddler's going to be all up in my business. Right, and you're not going to be snack. able to eat a snack. Exactly. I mean, yeah. yeah, this kind of, like, putting aside of your own personal needs. So, anyway, all that to say, like, that level of crying is... There's a lot that goes into mm. that. I think about like the rocking chair as like a symbol because the, the rocking chair for me has caught so many of my tears. And it's mm. it's been for so many different reasons. I cry in my car a lot. Really? Well, because listening to music. Yeah. Just blaring at Sheeran. Just blaring at Down Sheeran, the interstate, tears rolling. Driving down. <laughs> yeah, just, just me and old Ed. <laughs> Oh, I cry. I cry a lot in the rocking chair, not by choice, but like I think about when I was first trying to learn to breastfeed, I cried a whole lot and yeah. I spent a good bit of time in the rocking chair trying to do that. Um, when I'm overwhelmed in the middle of the night and I'm with her in the rocking chair, I cry. Um, not as much mm-hmm. as I used to. She's doing a lot better now. But like in the harder phases of infancy and sleep yeah. depression, deprivation, now... I find myself crying in the rocking chair because she's getting she's so, so big. She's funny. Well, she's funny. She's so funny. But she's also getting so big. She doesn't even let us rock her to sleep every night. Um, like, she will ask to be put in her crib. Mm-hmm. Not every night, but some nights now. She just wants us to put her down yeah, after we give her a bottle. Is, yeah. yeah. And... So on the occasion that I do get to rock her completely to sleep and she's just so sweet laying there and she's too big now to even like stay contained in the rocking chair and I get so emotional about it and I'll and I'll cry just like looking at how big she's gotten and thinking about how far we've come together. Um, I don't know. Parenting is such an emotional journey. Yeah, it should be. The whole time. Yeah. I don't think it ever stops. So how often do you cry? Like every other day is is is. I'd like two or three times a week, probably. Do you really? This is concerning to me because I only see you cry probably like once every six months. I really. Maybe two to three. Well, again, I cry a lot to songs, (laughs) (laughs) and I cry a lot like watching TV. Okay, so it's not that you're, like, upset or depressed and not talking to me? Right. No, it's not any of that stuff. It's not like I'm, like, experiencing stimuli that is provoking memory. Okay, okay. And provoking, like, an emotional response because of the connection I feel to... Can you start just, like, shooting me a text when you cry so I know? No. (laughs) (laughs) I was gonna know now. Like, what's making you cry so much? Bluey. (laughs) That's fair. Yeah. I've I've shed many a tear over Bluey. Yeah. Uh, Curry Quest. I cry mm-hmm. over Curry Quest every single time I watch it. Yeah. Yeah. The the the, the closing dad. sequence. I cry over Baby Race every time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's a good one. When it looks Anyways. So we both cry often. <laughs> <laughs> um, but what's one thing you're looking forward to this week? I knew this question was coming and I didn't think about it. Yeah, I asked you first before you could ask me so I could think about it while you're giving your response. Dang it. Um, yeah, I, um, didn't prepare an answer to this because originally, a lot of times we look forward to is the orange theory that you and I do together on Tuesdays, but that's already happened. Because today is Tuesday. Because today is Tuesday. Um, I, I guess I'm looking forward to, um, very ironically, 
starting this new routine together. You, you start a new job this week. Sophia's and mm-hmm. our daughter is in full-time daycare. Um, and we are, you and I are really working very intentionally to build yeah. a schedule and a routine that works for us. And that is helping me and my brain to feel like very grounded, mm-hmm. which in turn is helping me feel very grateful for the life that we have together. So I guess I'm just looking forward to, you know, finding this new To finding group. you as mom? <laughs> to finding me as mom. No, I'm looking forward to finding this new groove together. No, that's sweet. I'm not going to cry. You're going to cry. No. <laughs> uh, no, I'm not going to cry. You were thinking about it. Yeah. I, no, cr- I, w- I cried during one of our practice podcasts, remember? No. I cried when I was talking about when our daughter finally latched. Oh, yeah. yeah. I cried, too. I cried then, as well. When it actually happened or when I told the story? No, when you told the story. But you also no, 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 cried no, no, when no. it happened. When it happened. happened. I didn't cry when you told the story. No. Because you. as a man, I am emotionally detached. Except for when... Except, except for, for all, two except to three times a week when, when you're I'm listening to Ed Sheeran in the car. <laughs> I'm emotionally t- detached unless I'm watch- listening to Ed Sheeran in the car or watching <laughs> the Louis. That's it. That's it. That's it. Uh, I'm looking forward to reading Mouse 2. Uh, so if you've never heard of Mouse, M-A-U-S... Um, it is a graphic novel by Art Spiegelman about his father's experience as a Jewish person during the Holocaust. Um, I read the first, I read Mouse One over, when I traveled f- to England mm. for a conference. I read it on the plane um, and, I ha- and I was carrying around Mouse One, which um, the cover, the art, the cover art, um, it's has, not conducive. It's not conducive carried. to being carried. Um, so that was odd. I felt odd being in Europe and carrying it around. But anyways, I'm looking forward to Mouse Two because um, the first uh, the part one was really good, um, and I've been looking for part two, and we will get it from our local library. Um, yeah, so I'm looking forward to reading that and finishing the story. Wonderful. Yeah. Well, thanks for joining us. If you'd like to submit a question for us to let you know that you are not a bad parent, submit them to arewebadparentspod at gmail.com. Arewebadparentspod at gmail.com. You can also find us on Instagram at findingmeasmom or... I'm at the atypical dad. We're also on TikTok at arewebadparents, um, where uh, where we make videos, obviously. And I often do uh, some responses and some discussions about uh, educational philosophy. It's true. Yeah. We have a YouTube channel we don't use as well. (laughs) But we'll start. (laughs) Yep. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next week. Please rate and subscribe. That helps us so much. Yeah. Share with your friends. Thanks. Bye.